Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. With Molly and Haw. Bigs time. The Bigs Report with Brad Bigs. Bigs time. Bigs. His name is Brad Bigs. Brad Bigs talks football with you. Molly and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune, a long-time contributor to the station and a valued friend. And he joins us now, as all guests do, on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Big Zay. Morning, Brad. Morning, boys. What's going on? Well, you're there. You are in Indy, and you are at the Combine, and uh, and we're going to find out exactly what the Bears' plan is in the offseason, who they'll be taking in the draft, all that stuff when the general manager speaks later this morning. Yeah, he's probably going to pull back the curtain on the whole plan for <laughs> the offseason, right? And he's sure. going to do so in, like, he'll, he'll – he'll, He'll accomplish all that in about like eight minutes and forty seconds. Um, <laughs> just, Boy, let's I, hope I, not, right? I mean, holy cow! And I just uh, had a nice chat with Rick Spielman this morning at breakfast, and he's a little disappointed he hasn't gotten his Molly and Haw T-shirt in the mail for his <laughs> recent appearance. Did I'm you, not kidding. Did you he just give him one? <laughs> no, I don't have any. Uh, he he was under the impression you guys were mailing him one. <laughs> So I might want to talk to Mitch about this. We'll throw in a hoodie uh, because he has earned it. He was great. And, Brad, a lot of conversation, a lot of speculation, a lot of rumors. That's what happens at the Combine. Are you hearing anything? Obviously, the report yesterday from ESPN is no surprise that the Bears are are leaning toward trading that pick. I think the, the question would be when. Could it be as early as this week or do you get any sense of that? I don't have any sense of that at this point. I think that would be a little bit early. Um, you, you can't officially make a trade until the start of the new league year. Of course, you could agree to uh, to terms. Uh, we haven't seen the number one pick traded very often. The last instance was in 2016 when the Rams made a deal with the Titans to move up and get Jared Goff. Prior to the CBA that was put in place in 2011, the uh, it, w- it was more commonplace to see the top pick traded. Reality was, if you had a pick in the top four, you were trying to trade out of that because of the cost. And I'll explain that. In 2010, Sam Bradford was the number one pick by the St. Louis Rams, and he signed a contract for $78 million. Those rookie contracts at the very top of the draft really sort of escalated out of control. And in comparison, Trayvon Walker was taken with the top pick a year ago by Jacksonville, and that contract's worth thirty-seven point four million. So not even not even half of the Sam Bradford deal. So you've got cost control now with these high draft picks, and that's why you haven't seen them traded as often as they were previously. You know. With, 2001, 1997, 1995, the number one pick was traded uh, in all of those seasons. And then, you know, te- if you were picking up there, you wanted to move out of it, but teams didn't want to trade up to it, uh, to that pick and, and be on the hook for that kind of contract. Uh, now teams up there, they're like, hey, if we're not taking a quarterback, we'd love the opportunity to get the best player available here. 
Obviously, the Bears have a whole host of needs that they can help out this year and in years to come if, if they get the right deal uh, from a trade partner. Um, you know, it's it's obvious that there's already things happening in terms of the of the free agent market. We know that uh, that uh, there's one guy that may have captured the imagination of the Bears who's already off that market. We don't know how many guys will be tagged or how it'll work out. I think March seventh is the last day of uh, of that process. But any surprises thus far? Any ideas on how much? they can do before they get to the draft. Yeah, well, I think they can they can do a lot. They've got uh, more cap space than than any other team in the league, so they can be very aggressive with players that they target. I don't think aggressive means, you know, buying as many players as as you want. I think it's it's targeting uh, specific players with specific needs on the roster. I think it's paramount that they um, get players coming out of their rookie contracts, right? I've seen some people uh, project them to sign Javon Hargrave, who's coming off a a career season in Philadelphia uh, as a defensive tackle, and he's had a a fine career to date. And this might have been his best season. Well, it was probably the best defensive line he had ever been on and he's already 30 he might be 31 before the start of the season I look at that as I don't know if that's the kind of player if you're Ryan Poles you want to pursue by the time you get your program really up and running what where is Javon Hargrave at in his career and what are you paying him at that point so Mm -hmm. I would look more at the 26, 27-year-olds that are coming out of that initial rookie contract where you'll feel like we're paying them a premium. In some instances, you're probably overpaying at the start of free agency, but but you're overpaying for a guy who's entering the prime of his career. Brad, I think the value of the number one overall pick depends on the team that's willing to move up to to make that deal to to put themselves in that position. I generally believe and have said that I, if I'm the Bears, don't want to go lower than fourth because it would allow you to accrue draft picks but also be in a position to draft one of the two top defensive players theoretically. Do you have a premise? Do you have a belief going into this, generally speaking, that you think the Bears you know, can go to here but no lower, or do you think that you're open-minded to any possibility? Well, you could go either way. If if you want to put a, a cap on it and you want that cap to be at four, you're you're ruling out obvious, most of the league, right? And I and the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to move up from uh, three, are they? So so now you've got two teams that you're willing to deal with. The return that they would get from Houston, um, flipping from one to two, wouldn't be uh, immense. Right, the Texans wouldn't have to pay some exorbitant price to move up just one spot. I guess that would put the Bears in a position where they can trade again. But if four is your um, your four, you don't want to go any lower than that. Uh, I think you're you're ruling out an awful lot of possibilities. I I think they've got to be more open-minded, and I understand um, your premise, and and it makes a lot of sense. But you're really limiting your options and if you're doing that also um 
if Indianapolis catches wind of that or Houston, you know, maybe they don't want to bid uh, crazy either. So I would imagine that they're probably willing to entertain anything uh, if the offer's right. What um, what what value is this particular time of year for figuring out trade possibilities uh, for, you know, the Bears solidifying whatever plan? I mean, do you, do you believe they'll have a deal in place with multiple teams? How do, how do they talk about parameters at this point? I think you're just I think you're just talking, you know, hey, what what would you be willing to pay? You know, and and some of these complex deals, the Bears would be giving obviously more than the number one overall pick. Maybe you know a team would say, "Hey, we're going to put all of this on the table, and we're going to want uh, the number one pick, and we're going to want a fourth rounder from you next year, or a third rounder." You know, there's just there's going to be a lot of uh, moving parts. So I think you, this is an easy place for people to get together. Obviously, they can do it over the phone. I'm sure some of that has already uh, happened, but there's there's no rush for the Bears. But I think the sooner they could get this done, and when I say sooner, I mean, you know, by the third week of March, if if this is really what what they're they're going to do, then you have more time to set up your plan for the draft. Okay, they've gone from having the number one pick to picking. I don't know, seventh or ninth or fourth, um, and they've got these additional picks. And then you start looking at uh, groups of players that you might be able to get in that range. And it, and what does that also do? It opens up an, a whole host of other trade possibilities as well. Like, you know, I mean, the whole thing is fluid. So they, maybe they strike a deal this week, but um, I, I, it's really early. You just don't see deals typically done. Uh, this early, but this is a you know sort of a unique situation where you've got uh, a, a rare instance of the team with the number one pick definitely um, looking to move out. Brad, I think that what the Bears ideally would like to see is one quarterback create a buzz, a stir, and have this kind of created phenomena. Uh, and Anthony Richardson of Florida is probably the most likely quarterback to do that. He is going to throw. That was his decision in the news that came out yesterday. What do you expect in terms of Anthony Richardson and how possible is it that he could be the player that dictates the course of what happens in the first round as much as any of the other three quarterbacks that are available? I, boy, I'd be surprised if he's the guy that sort of sways what happens with the Bears pick at one. He's got immense physical uh, talent. He's, he's got a cannon um, and throwing – in a setting like this, I think he'll only impress people, but you're going to have concern about um, touch throws, about you know him being able to feather a pass in there, some of those types of uh, uh, things. But he, he's, uh, he's very gifted, and um, he's certainly got a lot more attention than you would have than you would have figured uh, back in say, you know, the middle. Uh, of the college football season, right? He was a uh, he was a dynamic player then, but I don't know that you looked at him and said, "Hey, geez, this guy's a, a top ten pick or something like that." Yeah, you know, I I mean, I I think what's fascinating about the combine is that I, you know everybody looks at it. it, it it's it's part convention, and part of it is just figuring out 
uh, the medicals, right? I mean, the only reason it's held in Indy is because of the proximities of the hospitals. There are plenty of guys that don't work out, but you've got to do the kind of medicals. That's what teams are looking for. And if anybody has any kind of a, a, uh, a an issue in their past, they're going to get that poked and prodded and reviewed and MRI'd and x-rayed. And, uh, you know, they're going to look for any reason why somebody shouldn't be drafted as, as high as they might be willing to draft a player. So, you know, as much as we talk about the rank and file running and jumping and all that stuff, the, the real, the real kind of meat of the thing is the, is the physicals. Right. And we're going to get an official uh, height and weight for Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback right. later this week. And there's been all sorts of, wonderment about where he's going to come in. Of course, the Crimson Tide have listed him at uh, six foot, 194 pounds. And I don't think there's anybody in the league that believes he's six foot tall. He might not be 5'11". And um, the 194 for the longest time has been viewed as uh, overly um, generous by folks in the NFL community. So he's been i believe it's been reported working to put on weight right uh this off season so he could do all sorts of things have a bunch of water weight in him show up get weighed and be 10 12 pounds lighter the next day uh so we'll we'll see where he's at uh the tape uh is what uh, ultimately teams want to go back to really evaluate because you you talk to him at the combine you see these on-field drills and you use those on-field drills to it's sort of a okay where does he fall in terms of guys at his position in the league in the various um, drills the forty the the three cone the shuttle you know you're looking at the uh, the jumps things like that to see how explosive a guy is but you're just kind of taking that and you're saying okay well you know where's the range for players in the league where's the range for players that profile for us we're looking for a weak side linebacker what's the what are the physical profiles height weight speed uh you just you kind of just gathering that information and then going back to the tape brad there's a report out of nashville that the bears are going to add a titans assistant coach luke steckel to the staff in some sort of uh, role as a running game coordinator and offensive line assistance. 37-year-old Princeton grad considered an up-and-comer in the profession. What do you know and what impact could he have? Well, what I know is Austin King, who was the assistant offensive line coach this past season, left to join uh, Sean Payton's staff with the Denver Broncos. So um, they needed a... Uh, someone to come in and, and be the assistant offensive line coach for Chris Morgan. And uh, it would appear uh, that they've got their guy here with uh, Steckel, but that will likely be the final uh, moving part on Matt Eberflus's coaching staff this off season. I think Austin King had had some interviews with maybe some other teams as well, but he goes to Denver and he goes to the Broncos as, uh, as their assistant offensive line coach, uh, as well, so I, I don't know that King actually got a promotion in joining a new staff. You know, it's interesting. I'm I'm curious. Uh, Steckel, uh, Luke Steckel was the tight ends coach. 
he was moved to a run game analyst, I believe was the position they moved him to, which he now won't do. He'll come to Chicago. But is that was that a um, was that a demotion? I mean, it's not a promotion. Was that a lateral move? Is that why he's come here? Yeah, that's maybe that's something Eberflus can uh, clear up a little bit later on today. But that's a good question, and uh, you know, sometimes guys just want to, you know, get in another spot. Um, so we'll have to uh, we'll have to try to get to the bottom of that. But they've got someone to work alongside. Uh, Chris Morgan, and they're certainly going to have moving parts on that offensive line this season. So, Brad, something nobody really talks about much yet because it's so early in the offseason, but I wonder uh, the Bears, whether or not they're going to draft a quarterback to back up Justin Fields, whether or not they're going to go in the free agent market maybe to find one, a veteran, not that they would go to Carson Wentz in that direction, but he was available after getting cut yesterday they're going to need somebody to back up Justin Fields moving forward. Do you think that'll come via draft or free agency? Well, I I think they'd have to acquire some more picks to warrant taking a quarterback there. They've just got so many needs. And when you, it's fun to talk about, Hey, they should draft a quarterback with traits kind of like Justin Fields and they can develop them. First of all, that guy's got to be available. You got to identify him. Okay, where is he? What round do we think he's going to go in? And then, and then you got to fire a draft pick on him. And so they'd be using a pick on a player that would you certainly don't want um, a mid to late round rookie quarterback playing for you, right? You want to develop him, but um, it, and you've got a roster with just needs all over the place. I mean, let's offensive line. Uh, they've got to figure out something at the running back position. If they don't re-sign David Montgomery, uh, they need wide receiver help. They need uh, another tight end. They need an entirely new defensive line almost. They need a linebacker. They need cornerbacks. I mean, guys, we went through uh, most positions in a game of football there. So, to me, that's a real luxury item. They do still have Trevor Simeon. Uh, under contract, he he uh, he joined the Bears on a two-year contract last year. So uh, let's just you know let's just talk about how many starters they get out of each market, right? When you get to the draft, you're hoping if they're picking in the top five, they're going to have a starting player. If they're picking in the top ten, they're going to have a starting player. You would hope they can add a couple of starters out of the draft, and will and I guess that it is determined by how much how much. Uh, fuel they get this year or are they looking to have first rounders a couple first rounders for the next couple years their own and whatever one they trade is what is their priority in terms of how quickly they answer those questions brad i mean they got tons of money but you never know how far that goes right and you've got to be careful uh in free agency because it's really easy um but believe it or not it's really easy to do more harm to your roster than help yeah. in free agency. If if you get out of control in free agency, you'll end up hurting yourself more than you will helping yourself. And if you think I'm wrong on that, just go back and look at some of these splurge free agency deals and how they've panned out after three years time for different teams across the league. So how many starters can they get out of the draft? We've, we've got to see what kind of picks they end up with. But you would hope three plus, right? Yeah. I, I you know, and uh, and uh, they, this coaching staff certainly showed 
uh, a willingness to play young guys. Some of that was by necessity, maybe not choice this past season. Young guys are going to have an opportunity, and they've got to go out and they've got to get uh, starters in in free agency. Now, uh, how many of them are going to be frontline guys or guys that you view as um, part of the long-term plan? Maybe that number approaches uh, three again, something like that. Um, They will be active in free agency. There's no question. Great stuff, Brad. Look forward to hearing what's said today and your take on it again tomorrow. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, buddy. Have a great day, guys. That is our guy, Brad Biggs, the football man of the Chicago Tribune. You know, here's the thing. Free agency normally is where you go to make up for failed draft picks. And you pay top dollar. So you do sign these massive deals. And I don't know. I don't know if we know what the failed draft picks are yet. I don't know if we, I mean, we know what they need. They need a new team. They need a front seven. They can go out and add a lot. But I wonder, David, what the plan is in terms of how many guys you're looking for this year, next year, how much money you want to burn this year. Do you want to save some for next year? Are you looking at this draft as a chance to load up? For the next couple you drafts? overpay for past mistakes typically yes. but when you're in the position the bears are in they have a they inherited a, a cupboard that was totally bare yeah so now you just start to try to stockpile with talent whether it's the, the draft of free agency and to bring people up to date before we break the ron Payne was tagged by the commanders that's what that's we're right. talking about yep so he's off the market and the bears have to look elsewhere for another free agent defensive tackle a, a really good young player that you could have for a long time in his so, 20s ideally that, that's that's what you're looking for yep. that kind of player so right. we'll see what they end up doing it's Mully and Hodge, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. Could it have been any more planted? I mean, seriously, at 7 o'clock, went out there. I mean, I think to me, the Bears should have just taken out a, an advertisement. You know, when you leave the Indianapolis airport to go downtown, there's this road, I don't know what highway it is, but they should have just taken a billboard out, like, we'll trade the pick. Like, everybody knows you're going to trade the pick. It, it, at least people are going to call. So, to me, this is a plant job all the way to try to drum up business because you don't have to advertise when you have a lot of business. Clearly, there's not a lot of people calling them. Mully and all, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is Mike Lombardi. I love Mike. I love Mike Lombardi. And he's talking about uh, the Bears, the story that Adam Schefter broke that uh, was apparently – they're leaning toward trading the number one pick. And Mike Lombardi kind of facetiously said on VEASAN that they should put up a billboard on 465, I think he's talking about. Yeah. 465, the loop around Indianapolis. That you're, you're welcome, Dustin. I know he's one. What road is he talking about? Dustin's I-65 been very concerned about what road he's talking about. I know about. he was. He was. He looked, looked a little puzzled there. Yeah. But the Bears, I don't know. Mike Lombardi, I'm not going to argue with him. He's, he's plugged in. He's opinionated. We love him. Friend of the show. I don't know that the Bears have to advertise the fact that they're open for business. They have committed, essentially, to Justin Fields. Trading him would be foolish, in my opinion, I think in our opinion. And so now now that leaves them no other choice but to be open for business. There is an auction, and it begins this week in earnest in Indianapolis for the number one overall pick. Yeah. um, Come one, come all. What's interesting about Mike's take, okay, Michael Lombardi's take, is that he is um, – what Adam Schefter wrote was the Bears are getting a lot of play, that people are contacting them. 
And Mike is saying they're not getting play, that they've planted this story with Adam Schefter to try to drum up interest because they're not getting enough contact from people because maybe they think that the number one pick isn't for sale and they want that out there. Can I tell you my first reaction to that? Please. I understand what you're saying and you're, you're interpreting it the way I think it typically should be interpreted. That's what he's saying. I know this is what he's saying, and I thunder, but I understand why he would say that. I just don't think that I'm giving the Bears that much credit. I don't know. You don't that, think they planted I don't that think story. they did. I don't know that they would be did that they, in they front of this. They haven't drummed up enough business. This is Mike's take. They haven't drummed up enough business. They need more interest, so they're going to, to Schefter to, to say, hey, this, the pick's for sale. It's too tell, early in the process to, 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 to draw that conclusion, I would think. Right? Well, I mean, here's the problem. You, you would think that that would already be happening at the Combine. And the Combine starts today. So starts you today. would think, I mean, the Combine, I guess people got there a couple days ago, especially the competition committee, because they want to meet on a couple different stories. One of the things out there was that they're looking at maybe reviewing uh, sacks to determine roughing the passer, roughing the passer penalty. So they're going to look back on that. I hope not. Well, the, and the competition committee agrees with you. They've already said they're not going to recommend that. But they were they were here over the weekend having some meetings because everybody's coming anyway. Let's get here a couple days earlier. We'll get a nice sure. steak. There's a bunch of steakhouses. Let's go to that wonderful seafood restaurant. Yeah, we'll we'll enjoy ourselves a little bit. Tonight would be uh, would be a fun night to be there because there there are a lot of people there. St. Elmo's would be the place to be tonight in Indianapolis. Sure, yes. that's yeah. the 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 destination. But you're right. So it's a convention. There's going to be conversation. Yes. There's going to be speculation about what the Bears are going to do, and uh, maybe they planted it. I I don't know. I just think that it's almost one of the easier things to interpret. The Bears are leaning toward trading the pick yes. because they're committed to Justin Fields. Yes. Period. Yes. And now, they always were. Always have been. Yes. As they should be. And, and, and you know, it's funny. I, I think it was Zach on Friday. He was saying he was wondering if they could make a trade of, of Justin Fields. And I said to him, I don't believe for a moment that that would be allowed by the public. I don't think anybody – I think the Bear fans felt that Justin Fields – broke through last year to a point where you need to support him and get things behind him as opposed to trade him and try going the mini Mahomes route or whatever beyond it the, would be. Beyond how impractical it is yeah. because of everything else that you have on your roster in terms of a need, you would alienate the fan base in a way that you might not recover from. In a way that the owner wouldn't do. You wouldn't do that. Okay, they wouldn't do that. They've, so I don't, it they, even, doesn't built really up, matter what Ryan Poles wants it, to do. I don't think they could do that. You're right. They've built up too much uh, momentum right now. They've invested too much in terms of hope and resources in Justin Fields. I just don't see them doing that. It's a non-starter to me. I don't think it's worthy of conversation, even though people will speculate. Molly, I do think this. I wanted to push back at Bigsy a little bit more, but we didn't have the time. I don't think that Anthony Richardson is something to just kind of dismiss. I think that he could be a guy. I, I, David, I think it could be Will Levis. I, I'm not saying that it isn't going to be Anthony Richardson. You know I like him a lot. I've got family in Florida at the University of Florida. My sister-in-law teaches there. I've got nephews that go to school there. And I've been following that program. I watched that kid play a lot, and he is raw as could be. Levis is another guy. Had a bad year, 
big guy will remind you a little bit of uh, of of the Josh Buffalo Allen quarterback. But, but, but what I'm saying, what I was going to say is that he is the guy who nobody really expects to be a top five pick that, that can make the most right. ground up this week. So he's the guy that to me has the most to gain from a successful combine experience he's gonna throw on saturday he's also like the best athlete among all the quarterbacks he's a measurable guy that's what i'm saying he's a trait guy this is the perfect venue for him so that's what i mean in terms of asking bigsy about it and thinking if you add a fourth quarterback to the mix these teams that now are all desperate for an answer at that position and there's there's a growing number of those teams they may fall in love with the idea of like oh my gosh he could have a zach wilson like tryout and they could fall into a Jets-like trance. I totally agree with you, and that's what you want. You know, ideally, it would be one guy. You would want you would want somebody to fall in love with one player. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. One team, one player. But if you had a bidding war and say it's among two division opponents, one's number two in the draft, one's number four in the draft, now you're, now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> Now you are, and so you have more options, and that's why I think the bidding will commence, and I think the stakes will increase, and that's why I don't want to overreact to either a planted story or a not planted story. Yes, the Bears are leaning toward trading the number one pick, but I don't think that the inactivity to this point, if there is some, based on what Lombardi said, there's not anything to worry about. It's going to take shape. This is going to be a bidder's war, I think, that – develops because everyone wants to have that quarterback and be in the position to draft that guy. I I hope, I hope that's the case because that, you know, the way, the way you get value for a first overall pick, it's, it's, it's having one play. Like again, if it was Joe Burrow, if it was Peyton Manning, if there was, you know, maybe Caleb Williams, if there was one guy that everybody wanted, you could really, you could really be, Putting your uh, putting your your uh, draft on for the next few years, frankly. Um, I I wonder though, David, do you want the Bears to to get a lot out of this draft, or are you more interested in next year and the year after? You know, they they this is not a short process. They are rebuilding this thing from scratch. I think a lot of people feel well. If they get this and they get that, they're going to compete next year. I'm not saying they won't compete because they'll be a lot better than they were. They won't lose 14 games, but I don't know. They got so many needs. They do. I don't know how you get to 500. But it, you're a general manager in Ryan Poles, and you have the luxury of having a patient owner. Yes. They do have a patient owner who is in the midst of a move to Arlington Heights, a stadium project. So you have a lot of things that, and I say that only in the context of this is an organization right now that is thinking big picture. They're not, they're not myopic in theory. They're not going to be focused on the best for 2023 as much as they're the best for the next three to five years and maybe beyond. So to answer your question directly, I don't think that you're worried about necessarily getting all the draft picks you can for this year's draft. Right. Even though it might be deep, even though you might be tempted to, if you're trading that number one overall pick and you're moving back, I think you've got to – Look for a future number one pick in return as part of the haul that you get from whatever team you're trading with. See, I, I want two more. I want, I want the Bears to have two number one picks next year, two number one picks the year after. I, I want them 
to be loading up on this team on a yearly basis based on trading this pick. Well, I think that that's a lot to ask for. Well, you, it means I want them to trade lower than you do. Yeah, you do. You want them to go down to nine, where you, which is more likely it's top ten pick. If they if they get to nine, they could get that second number one pick is in exchange. If they don't, they're unlikely to though. Would you agree with that? So there's two different sort of you know batches here. There's a batch of of trade possibilities that would include two future number ones, but you'd have to go down lower, maybe lower than five or four. And then there's two and four where with the Colts and the Texans, you're likely to get a second rounder this year and maybe a one future first. Here's the, this is the reality of an NFL draft. There are players in every round. There are, you can select guy. You can find a Hall of Fame player taken in about every round of a draft, right? That's not that hard. It's hard to make sure you're right on every guy. And, you know, you're going to, you want as many choices as you can make so that you're, walking away with three, four, whatever it might be. But I think it's a, I think the draft is an inexact science and you got to get really good at it. You got to, you just got to get lucky. It's sometimes. more art than science. Yeah. Because you can yeah. measure as much as you want yep. to, but sometimes it's just, you know what you see and you follow your gut. That's maybe, maybe that's the exception to the rule. But what happens is when guys who do that well, boy, they end up making making it look like genius that they they were following their instincts rather than all the other information maybe at their disposal. 312-644-6767. That is the telephone number. It's Mullion Hall on the score. What do we think we can trade the number one pick for in comparison to what do we think we can get for Justin Fields? And I think the number one pick is going to be able to get way more than what Justin's going to get you, mainly because if you're a team and you need a young quarterback and you trade for Justin, you basically have like a year and a half to figure out till you have to pay him, and that's a new start for you as well. So I think, and there's there's quarterback desperate teams, obviously, but I don't think Chicago should trade him. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Does anyone think Chicago should trade him? I mean, I haven't. Really hurt. Colin Coward didn't he make a case last week? Yeah, I guess he did. He has. There've been other people out there that have maybe suggested the possibility. Yeah, I I suppose there are people in town that maybe think that's a a wise course. Yeah, Colin Coward. um, That that's uh, Dan Orlovsky. He was on the um, the the, Pat McAfee show. The punter. Yeah, shirtless. uh, Yep. He had some thoughts on on trading. Justin Fields versus keeping uh, keeping him and, and trading the number one overall pick, I think that's that's not really a, a strong debate. I just don't know that you can. No, we've got it. we got a lot of people want to check in. Let's yeah. get to the phone lines three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Joe is on the road. Hey Joe. Hey, good morning, fellas. Good morning to you. Hey, I'm curious, David, if you would feel more comfortable if the. Uh... If they signed a three technique and three agency, you'd feel more comfortable, you know, trading back to nine or further back to get more assets. That's a good question. I, I think if they did that, my sense would be then they would be more inclined to draft the the pass rusher, the edge rusher. I and and at the same time, if your if your evaluation shows you that Jalen Carter is one of these guys that is going to be an Aaron Donald type and or or somebody who's going to be an, a, a defensive player of the year candidate at his at his peak, 
then I think that you could sign your best bargain in free agency. And if it's an older defensive tackle, a three technique, great. And you could also draft one. Molly, the one thing you can never have on, on, a, on a team is too many defensive tackles that are impactful, too many cornerbacks, too many yeah, wide receivers. No, I mean, listen, this is a really good draft for pass rushers, okay? So last year the Bears took uh, Dominique uh, Robinson later in the – Fifth what, round. The fifth round. Um, you can get, like, three guys like that in this year's draft, maybe better than that. There, there are a lot of really talented sort of uh, rush specialist types. Now, you would prefer to have one guy that can do all that kind of thing. Um, I don't think that them signing a three-technique tackle would would prevent them from trying to draft a three-technique tackle. I, I don't think either. That, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah I, 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 don't, I, I, I think they should try to sign one, and I think they should draft one. And, and he's the best one in the draft, Jalen Carter. And he might be the best player in the draft, the most valuable player, because it's not a great draft for for three technique tackles. I don't think there's going to be any doubt after everyone evaluates these players and puts them on their draft board. My sense would be, based on what we know now, the majority of draft boards would have Jalen Carter as the top player available. Right. Now but, that doesn't mean he's going to be the first player drafted. No, because quarterbacks need are take it's premium need position it's value. Premium posi- it, it, the ultimate premium position. So there'll be three of them going early, right? Maybe four going early. So, Who knows? It, but Jalen Carter, pound for pound, might be the best and smartest draft pick that any GM makes on draft night. Now that means that if you draft a player that you already signed a free agency, is that re- a redundancy? Perhaps, but it would be a great problem to have. And I don't think if you're the Bears, you can afford to pass on somebody if you have rated him that high. You don't want you, – you go into free agency and you react based on need. You can't draft that way. You can't draft based on need. You have to draft based on the fact that this is somebody that you are opening that window wide in right. terms of your championship window, and you're going to be here a while. It does buy you some time if you draft a quarterback you're going to develop in these kinds of realities, but you, you also draft based on just a guy that you want to develop, and he is the smartest pick at the time. There, there are definitely situations where you draft a guy in the first pick or two or five, whatever, and he's the best player in the draft, and you've, you know, you draft in a guy who's the first one off the board at that position. That's usually a really good player at that position. But there are also, there are also examples of like, um, you know, where did Aaron Donald go in the draft? Did 14. He go, was it that far down? Where did Micah Parsons go in that draft? That was like 13 or 9 or I don't he know. He was 11. 11. I'm just saying. Yeah, it sounds I, like I know. It sounds like oh, you're not going to get this player. Then you got no hope. If there are, and it's you know, oftentimes there is some like flaw in whatever the the perfect uh, um, prototype would be at a position. Well, that guy's too small. Well, that guy's too that guy's too fast. That's never one. But it's there's something wrong that people don't like, but the guy ends up being the best player out of the bloody draft. Yeah, and that that is not a, that is not an unusual circumstance. 
Now, I erred because I said that Aaron Donald went 14th. He, was he nine, actually went 13th. 13th. Okay, I was fixated on 14 because that's where the Bears were sitting and ready to oh, take the, him. The Bears were going to take him at They were going to take him at 14. They should have traded up, obviously. Well, they should have, yes. and they took Kyle Fuller instead. He's yes. no Aaron Donald. Wow. So, Aaron Donald, but your point's well taken. Micah Parsons at 11. Aaron Donald at 13. You can find examples of guys that even if the Bears move down to 9, to, to follow your, your earlier argument, if you're sitting at nine, you can still get somebody who we call generational talent. Yeah. Somebody who's going to be there for a decade. It's more likely to be the Jalen Carter type than it is going to be a guy that you're reaching on a little. But, again, if you know what the hell you're doing, you're going to have a hell of a draft. And that's what you hope Ryan Poles knows what he's doing. And that is <laughs> – that is why. That is exactly what we're hoping. That, that, that is the idea. And, and, and based on his first draft, can you say that there are good signs? Well, let's face it. There are better signs that he's a good – there are more signs that he's a yeah. smart drafter than uh, somebody who is shrewd in free agency. The evidence is heavier and, and way it's, – it's more convincing his draft picks than it is his free agent decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the the – the corner is okay, right? The safety was fine. Those are good picks. Those are good picks. You, you know, feel good about them. They got a a uh, left tackle late in the draft. I don't know if he's the ideal starter at left tackle, but they started him for a year. Based on your investment, um, you got a good return. You definitely got a good return. They got a lot of, um, they, you know, I, I like the pass rusher they got, even though he didn't do anything after the first game. Why do you overlook the punter? Why don't? You, why do you hate punters? I, I mean, I love the punter. Why and do you that's hate a punters? position that you should really do well with when you too. take one. If you draft a punter, you better hit it out of the park, quite frankly. So that's good that he did. Um, yeah, yeah, I think. Trenton Gill. Trenton Gill. He was a good pick. It was a great pick. Yeah. Maybe their best pick since they had uh, no discernible passing offense. You he was a busy guy. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Haw, the score.